It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. Chelsea's championship and 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter attack. It's a new dropper. And now it's in the middle. Dropper goes. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. Stretch it. And Didier Dropper has. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. It's after the game. It's late. I want to sleep. I know the other J, we've got two J's on. We've got Jerry. What are you saying, Jerry? Hey, man. It's, it's good to be back. It's been a minute. Good to be back. You have refined your voice to be a late night radio host, <laughs> show host for R&B. That's how you, you know, come across. Is that is that cold that's going around? Give me a little husk, oh, you know? Oh, that's what you're going to blame on. <laughs> so we've got Jerry and we've got Jay. What are you saying, Jay? Yeah, all good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain at all. Can't complain. I can complain because there's so many stuff to complain about. When you look at Chelsea, <laughs> everybody's complaining, but Jay can't complain. We have just lost to Man City, and I think anybody predicted that we'd lose. However, it wasn't as bad as I anticipated. It was a respect. I, I maybe I've just lowered standards, but it was a respectable one or loss. Even though it was clear as soon as they scored. That we weren't going to score, but it was going to be one nil. But yeah, Has, was, hashtag yeah. the boys gave it their all. They gave it their all. One nil. Uh, Stamford Bridge. We lost, and it's almost like Chelsea fans can feel happy, which is I feel like that shows the bar is low. But we got a couple of people, and we're going to chew over all the talking points. It's post match. We're tired. 
It's like 10.30. So I don't know if it's going to be a chessy hour. It might be a quick chessy 30. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we've got Jay, we've got Jay. Uh, and Jay, I want to come to you first because, Jay, I feel like for those that have listened to old school chessy, we got a feature called Jay's Chopping Block. And it gets to the point. It gets to the point where Jay's like, do you know what? Let's 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 just tear this whole thing apart. Let's get rid of half the squad. Let's play the kids. Let's get rid of all of these squad players like Alonzo, like William, like Giroud, just the dead wood. Get rid of them. I feel Jay's been on an arc where I've seen him go from get rid of all of these squad players to actually becoming the I'm a defender squad players. But I feel like now we've come back full circle and now I kind of see you're in the kind of place where it's like, all right, just play these kids, man. Just play the kids. Get rid of everybody else. I just want to see Amari. I just want to see Cardi. And we got to see some of that. So, Jay, uh, when you saw the lineup, and it wasn't really like a, a lineup of kids, how was you feeling? Um, To, to be fair, actually, I, I was um, pretty pleased with it. I think, obviously, everybody knows... Um, Ziyech has kind of come back off the off the back of a good World Cup and stuff, and yeah. he's he's got no issues with Potter. So, I think like it's not really the worst thing in the world seeing him being given a run by Potter. So, can I ask a question. Think, say it again. Can I ask a question about yeah, Ziyech? Yeah, yeah, of course. I saw a story saying Ziyech was offered to Benfica as a permanent move as part of the Enzo deal, and mm. then then he's starting. And I don't know, listen, and I think it's good to, to say this on the pod so people listening, maybe it's an educational tool. Mm. But just because you hear a story doesn't mean it's true. So Facts. I'm not saying that's true. But if it, if he is on the way out, which it does seem like he is, but I know we got injuries, so obviously Mount didn't play and Georgina didn't play for whatever reason. But mm. I, think, I think journalists have yeah. been just messing with a lot of the rumours that have been coming out of Chelsea at the moment. I think they've, they've taken advantage of new ownership coming in. They've yeah. taken advantage of them being so active in the market. Yeah. Um, a small example of that is this, the biggest story of the week was Chelsea are paying over a release clause fee for Enzo. We yeah. come to the conclusion that really and truly they only offer 70 million, which is like... I'd say in today's market, it's probably like quite reasonable for, for a player that you believe is like a top, top, like, or is going to be a top player in the future. Do you understand? So for me, I think uh, with, with these rumours, a lot of these journalists that used to have, you know, pathways into Chelsea's, yeah. like, I don't know, like, you know, the the, the ITKs and that. He's talking about Matt Law. He's talking about Matt Law. Continue. <laughs> a lot of them have just, like, okay. a lot of them have just lost their their connections. And yeah. obviously, we, we're not going to know that because we're not in that kind of space. But mm-hmm. um, I just feel like with a lot of the transfer news, I'm not really hearing it because yeah. by the issue, they, no, nobody really knew anything about him. Yeah. Um, Fofana, nobody knew nothing about him. Yeah. Santos, the same. Chukwameka, yeah. the same. So yeah. it's like, when we're doing good work... Amari. Amari, the same. Like, when we're doing good work, nobody's heard a word about it. But mm. when it's a big name, all of a sudden, all the journalists know exactly Everybody's, what Everybody's like, yeah, all they're doing now is just doing the final dots in the team. <laughs> and people are embarrassed. People get embarrassed. Um, there's a show called The Traitor. If you haven't watched it, it's basically a game of Mafia. If you haven't watched that, I can't help you. You should either watch the show or know what Mafia is. Mm. For those that I know, 
And for those that are left out, maybe skip forward to two, 30 seconds. But what you get to see when people are playing Mafia or when you watch, watch the trailer is certain people believe stuff like it's fact, but they, it's not fact. Do you know what I'm saying? People are like, he's the traitor, I know for sure. Or he's not the traitor, I know for sure. And I, I see, the reason why I mentioned that is kind of like with transfer rumours. There's so many people on Twitter and there's so many journalists and all this that say, no, I know for sure because of whatever. And you just get led down blind alleys. So I'm just saying for us as a Chelsea cast and affiliates and yeah. listeners, don't just, just because even your favourite ITK says it or because a number of them are saying it where they all just talk to each other, doesn't make it fact. Doesn't and the thing is done, and the thing is done as well. Like just mm-hmm. to go into the lineup and to carry on with the lineup and, and yeah. like how I felt about it. Yeah. I think like we were so like we were used to seeing like a lot of tinkering and stuff like that, and I, and yeah. I knew he was going to have to change it. Obviously, because um, like uh, last game, obviously the performance wasn't that great. I didn't yeah. think he was going to change it by much, yeah. but I just knew that he was maybe going to change a couple of things because it was City. Yeah. So, but what I liked about it was that. It wasn't really, I didn't look at it like, right, this is kind of defensive or, yeah. you know, he's trying to sit off them. We actually tried to play. Like, in the first half, I think there was, like, some some really good stuff. But, like, we'll get into the game properly. But, like, in terms of just the lineup, I, I was happy with Cover and, Z- and Zakari. I think Zakari, like, he, I think he's deserved it. I think he's 100% deserved yeah. to, to start again. Cover's um, just been one of our better players generally in the midfield anyway. So, you never really complain if it's like Kovo or Jorginho or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the, the 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 front three, though, I was happy because I, I, I'd said in the week that mm-hmm. if you're unsure about how you want to get this team to play and you feel like you haven't had enough time to really stamp your authority on the team, mm-hmm. play players in the positions where you know they can actually be effective. Mm-hmm. So he played Ziyech right. Mm-hmm. He attempted, I think, to play Sterling either central or left. I'm not sure. I didn't really get to see it pan up long enough because he got injured but um, Havertz was even a little bit deep I think was it Havertz um, up front at first when Sterling was on the pitch uh, Jerry do you have an opinion on it because I wasn't really concentrating on the position yeah I wasn't I, I wasn't really looking but like it, it looked like Havertz started yeah. up top and he was coming was quite deep changed. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's call it fluid fluid 9.5 yeah. <laughs> but, but generally I, I just thought that where he placed the players I thought to myself, all right, cool, yeah, this can, like, if we're going to see any kind of good come from these players, it will yeah. be in these positions. And and the defence stayed the same, which was also good, because I think, like, despite whether a player plays bad or not, consistency back there, we, we oh. saw it under Lampard, inconsistency. We, we want consistency back there as well, so. Yeah. Okay, all right. Before I come to you, Jerry, I'll just give my thoughts on the whole pre-game. I think, like you said, it's important that we get some consistency. I think pre-World Cup, I think, don't forget, I think people forget, we actually started quite decent on the putter, but then it just got a little bit too formation change, positional change, everything changed, do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's kind of where we lost it. And I even said, whilst it was going good, I was like, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. Look, let's paint the picture for you. This is a league where Klopp is struggling. It's a league where Tuchel, who I rate, you may not rate him, but it, it's a difficult league. You're like when you, you know what I'm saying, Man City had dropped points. Arsenal somehow got it together, but most teams are struggling. Obviously, Man United, they've got it together. But the reason why I say that is just in general, the environment of the league is tough already. Potter comes in mid-season, 
So it's not like he planned the squad or whatever. People talk about Lampard as a transfer ban. At least he could go in and figure out this is the game plan. It's a, I want this player, this player can go on loan, this player we sell, et cetera, et cetera. And then we can bring cover in, et cetera. But Potter's come in during the season and not even, you know, middle where things have settled. Don't forget, when you buy a host of new players, which we did, even figuring out the players and even them bedding in, there's a lot to do. And he's come in to a team where a host of new players have been brought in. It's a transitional kind of moment because the board has changed. It feels like the board want to make this team their own, get kind of rid of all of the other, the, the remnants of the Roman Abramovich era. The job is hard already. The environment's hard because we know other teams are struggling. So it's difficult. And so for me, it's just like, try and make it as easy as possible. And look, at the same time, I can't lie, Potter has a lot to do with because coming in, I remember when Hiddick came in and Hiddick came in more towards the end of the season rather than the beginning of the season. And he was only there for a short term. So he didn't really have to manage these players long term. But we got Charisma out on loan because Scolari was the manager. And I remember Hiddick said, Charisma's actually doing really good in training, but there's no time for sentiment or trying things out. We need to play a consistent team because we need to win these points to try and make our targets. So it didn't matter about no personal, oh, charisma, you deserve to start. He was at most importantly, we need a consistent team so that we can start snowballing our form and build up points. Now, I think with Potter, again, a man that's come in and wants to get to know loads of players, give everyone chances. I think that's kind of harmed him um, because post-World Cup, we're seeing a more consistent team. But definitely... Um, before the World Cup, it was different formations. Sterling, you're playing wing back. Now you're playing up front. Now you're playing false nine, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he made it a bit harder himself. And I think one of the lessons is post-World Cup, I'm going to keep it a bit more consistent. Obviously, we've got injuries. We've got injuries galore. We even had injuries this game. But I think the only one thing I want to say is I like this change in terms of it feels like we're playing similar formation and a similar lineup with a few changes here and there. So that's number one. Number two. I said this was a big decisive game because we dropped points against Nottingham Forest. Coming back from the World Cup, that win was important because the form is, even though the World Cup is there and it kind of made us forget how bad the form was, um, we will remember as soon as we start dropping points. And so when we drop points against Nottingham Forest, we remember and we don't want to remember because currently the fan base ain't happy. It's difficult because Potter hasn't been a manager at a top club. And so he still has to convince people that he can be a manager for a top club. Now, a lot of people have been criticised, including me, uh, the manner of his attitude in press conference. And people say, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Look, I've seen uh, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and I've seen how it affected him where he wasn't kind of uh, bullish. I feel like managers have to show a bit of bullish nature about them, about top clubs can't be always like this team is better, that team is better, all sheepish. Because I've seen it with like managers like Sol like Man United, we've seen it with Solskjaer, we've seen it with uh uh Moyes. Like it, it just doesn't work out well. You kind of have to really be bullish. And don't forget, Arteta might be a new manager, but he played at a winning or he coached at a winning club. And so I feel like even him, he's done well, he was bullish. I think Lampard. Again, Lampard's someone that has excelled through his career, won many a trophy, but I feel like he introduced excuses. And I just don't like excuse culture or kind of playing down what you are. And I think today we saw Chelsea, and I think a lot of people surprised that actually we had the quality, even with injuries, to give Man City a decent game. Because sometimes it just feels like the whole fan base 
and I think we're led by our manager and now play downplaying the quality we have. Everyone's like, rah, with all these injuries, we can still bring on Chukwameka who played great. And that's all I'm saying. So in a part of thing, I was just saying, this game's decisive because currently we're at an inflection point in terms of loads of people seem to start questioning Potter. And Man City, if you can get at least a performance out of the Man City game, it gives people hope. People need some hope that, okay, this t- we've got quality in a team. We've got a manager that can kind of put it together. And yeah, obviously we'll go into the analysis, but I think we got that. But coming into the game, I was like, listen, what's important is the manner of the performance, more than the result, the manner of the performance and how Potter kind of reacts. Because if we lose... And then he starts hyping up Man City as about this amazing team. I don't want to hear that. So that was me coming into the match. After my little rants and little quiz, I go on these. Uh, Jerry, bring us your radio voice and tell us your thoughts on um, coming into the match. Um, so with 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 this match, I think a lot of people were, you know, predicting that we'd get um, we get old. hand handled yeah by by city and i i think with these things um i was expecting a good performance um from chelsea yeah because generally it's these bigger games where we tend to have um uh, the the most joy and where there's spaces for our attacking players to you know to work with and i think uh that showed in in this game um it's easy to say, Jerry. If I asked you and we got slapped, would you come on here and tell me you expected us to perform well? I didn't say we'd win. I just said we'd perform well. Okay, fair enough. And um, looking at the lineup, obviously, I was reading uh, Potter's comments before the game, and he he was speaking about Mount being um, injured, and he yeah. it, it was interesting to me that he commented on you know consistency, mm-hmm. um, and and he said consistency is important um, yeah. because stability is how you get better, okay. um, and that's obviously very different from from what was going on before yeah Yeah. but I mean to be fair to him he'd just come into the job yeah and you know he inherited quite a large squad and he was trying to put the pieces in place and I think right now what's happened is he's settled on you know Pulisic and Havertz um and Sterling as his front three and then the Mount injury meant Ziyech came in I think that's important to know when looking at the Ziyech situation um whether he's in Nego- like whether he's involved in negotiations or not, there's a reason why players have agents because, um, yeah, there's there's no way ZH is in there negotiating for himself. If you know what I mean. Mm. So coming come to this game, I, I was surprised to see uh, ZH in the in the starting lineup. But then uh, when, Mount, when you find out Mount was injured, it made more sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It made more sense. Um, uh, yeah, so obviously, with, with with the rest of the team, I think um, uh, Zakaria has. You know, showing that he's he's got something to offer in that in the middle. Stops uh, are up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously Kovacic is you know working his way back into the team. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was excellent today. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 only thing for me is the our fullbacks uh, have both seemed to struggle since come back from the World Cup. Okay, we'll get into that um, performance, but just I just wanted your thoughts coming into the game before yeah. we get into the deep. Just in general, and I'll bring you back into it, Jay, because I think you kind of touched on it. The Enzo Fernandez stuff, where do you stand on it? Uh, there's kind of different inflection points to hit. Uh, or tangent, sorry. The first tangent is, do you want him? Do you think that we need him? Give me all of that spill. Then the second thing is, how do you think we've handled this kind of pursuit? 
So that's to you, Jermaine. Um, in, in terms of needing him, I, I don't think it's like right now. I just feel like there's a there's a couple more um, more pressing issues at the moment. Like for me right now, I think we severely miss Kante, isn't it? Okay. Like we severely miss him. Um, whatever people have said about his injuries or whatever, it mm-hmm. is what it is. But the facts are, when that guy, the, the thing is, there's two players that we miss that are okay. the best players in the world in their position. It's as simple as that. Rhys James Kante. They're, they're not just any guys. They're not any kind of midfielder. They're not any kind of right back. They're the best, like the best. So like for us right now, <laughs> the two players that, that I feel like need at least some sort of quality in terms of backup. And for some, some might even say like a permanent in terms of obviously Kante because we don't know whether he's gonna, how he's going to be used next season or whatever, mm-hmm. like, or if he's even going to sign a new contract. So for me, I'd be looking more towards a profile like Kante. So when when they ask me about Enzo, I'm like, quality player. Obviously, he's going to bring a couple things that are different Mm because I think his game is still slightly similar to Mm -hmm. a couple of the guys that we got. But in terms of what he he does and what his habits are as a midfielder, maybe people will say, you know, like he he attempts more risky passes or he attempts a lot more passes of volume and stuff like that. So... So what's his profile for you, from what you've seen of him? What is the, the Enzo Fernandez profile? So from what I've seen and from what I've read, I've like obviously from watching him in the World Cup, he does look like he's a like a deep, he looks like he's a deep line playmaker, but can also offer a little bit going forward. So like mm. if he gets into if he is in those kind of like final third areas, if he manages to pop up in those areas, he will find that he kind of does see what maybe others don't. In terms of that, those those kind of passes, and then he's also got like a goal in him as well, mm. as we saw like even in the World Cup where he, where he curls one kind of like top bins like, out of nowhere. So he's a bit of a shooter when he gets the opportunity as well. But but in terms of what like, would you say percentage of knowledge of the player is? So obviously World Cup is World Cup. Do you know? Nah, mine's mine's literally like like um what do you call it? Uh, Babs was obviously telling me about him from before, mm. but I didn't didn't get a chance to watch him, yeah. but. Um, so all the Champions League stuff, all the Benfica stuff, and I don't watch Portuguese league, so like I'm not even gonna like bother with that. Yeah. But um, the majority of what I've seen of him is coming from Argent- is coming from Argentina in the World mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. So so again for me like I just I don't think I've seen enough to be like yeah we need him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. but but he's definitely a good player, obviously. Jerry, and then what about how we handle this, Jermaine? We'll stick on you. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> are, and then there's the pursuit. A lot of people are saying, who's negotiating their deal? Chelsea are looking bad in the lights. And then there's like the Benfica manager coming out saying, I'm not going to name the club, but we know it's Chelsea. And then yes, uh, I, think he's just, he's, I think he's just bitching, to be honest, bro. Like, Enzo, Enzo was always going to be unhappy as soon yeah. as he finds out anybody's interested in him and he can't go because the facts are, you're Benfica. And mm-hmm. all the other clubs are bigger than you. You're a brilliant club. You're a club with history, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're 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 kind of like a feeder club. Like that's what you do. Like you you you're great at getting uh, players for for very little. Di Maria, um, yeah, exactly. Di Maria, Bernardo Silva, David Luiz. We can go on for we can go on for days. Mm-hmm. But the facts are, you sell them, and Enzo was was he he hasn't come into this January window thinking oh, nobody's going to come for me. I think in the back of his mind, he, he he knows people are interested. 
you know what I mean? He would have been told by his agent. So whether we bid 70 million or not, Enzo was already, like his head was already scrambled a little bit, I reckon, from just thinking about, you know, oh, I wonder if I'm going to, you know, stay here this this month. Do you know what I mean? But um, in terms of what we bid, like I said before with the journalists, I feel like the journalists created this whole Chelsea looking bad in the light soon because they come out with, oh, we're paying above the release clause. We've we've agreed verbally that we're going to pay the release clause. Bro, like, I, I I just reckon Chelsea have gone in there, they've discussed that, what the release clause is and whatever, and where they stand. And then Chelsea have just come back and said, well, listen, boy, we're, we're, this is what we're going to bid. Because they might feel like, they might feel like, at the end of the day, you you, you pay 10 for him, cool, you're, you're, you're rating him at this much, but this is how much we think. Benfica, Benfica said that we misled them and that we gave them the impression because obviously there was a number of clubs that was interested, but when they found mm. out that actually Benfica wasn't going to waver and they were saying, it's you pay up the release clause or you don't. And then that's when the murmuring started coming out is that Chelsea are willing to pay that. And so from the Benfica point of view, it's like, okay, they gave us the impression that they were going to pay it. But then when they came to the table, they started talking about, oh, we want to negotiate. Yeah, I think, but the thing is, I think that's fair though, because at the end of the day, like, you can go away from something and be like, oh, you know what, we're going to pay this, we think we need him. And then you can just come back and feel like, and feel like you know what, actually, this is going to be, this is going to be kind of sticky if we, if we pay a hundred and whatever mil. Cause yeah, because everyone else is going to say, all right, you want our player? you got to pay a hundred and whatever mil. And then that's without FFP and all them people getting involved. Do you understand? Yeah. Like, that's without yeah. that. So and listen, I think and just looked at it and yeah. thought, listen, we don't, we just like, the owners are also aware of what Chelsea have done in the past. Like we just, we literally just spent a hundred million on a player, and like that guy don't even play for us anymore. So like, I'm not saying Enzo is that. I, I think he's far from. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that they they kind of went away and then came back and thought, you know what, we don't need to act so feel, so like crazy like that. I think, I, think, I think you make a good point. Um, there's something called sunk. Listen, you can learn not just be entertained and not just with not just listening to Chelsea stuff, but you're gonna learn on this podcast too. There's something called sunk cost fallacy. Um, good negotiators do it. Like you can go to if you go to like a store and you kind of speak to someone with the power to kind of you know negotiate the price, and you just keep them talking all day, and then you try to walk away from the deal, especially if they're gonna get a cut then they might be saying, okay, cool, I'm going to do your deal because they've spent their time all day and you've told them to go, I want to try this one, I want to try that one on. And there's something called sunk cost fallacy um, and maybe it's happened with some of our players because obviously you've been backing them for so long so you don't want to give up. But basically it's a length duration mm-hmm. thing and I think that it's okay whenever you're doing negotiations to say, do you know what? Yeah, we said we are going to pay it but actually kind of looked at it again and said, no, nah, it's not for us. And I think sometimes that's good. United's chased Sancho for two years, for two years. And it got to the point where it's like, do you even need him? Greenwood's come through. Listen, we're not going to talk about that name, but he's, you know what I'm saying? They had Martial, Rashford. They had a lot of players. It was like, do you really need him? But I think because they was chasing him for so long that it was like, we need to make it happen just because our fans have been talking about them for so long. And so I think with Chelsea fans, because of the way that Chelsea Twitter is and et cetera, et cetera, as soon as they get hold of a name, and it seems like they're coming, 
then they're always going to act spot when they don't come because it happened with Sancho. And Dan, 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 Dan the maddest thing is, yeah, even with that, the United thing is a good example. Like there was so much of a ripple effect in how much they were chasing that year that they even went and continued to do stupidness and bought Anthony for ninety. So like, and that's without like they 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 tried to act like they weren't going to pay it, but in the end they just paid it. Yeah, you understand? Like they, they yeah. were just like, oh fuck it, we just need we need a right winger. And, and, and when you say fuck it and negotiate, it's always bad when you start saying fuck <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah, I, I think you make a good point, Jerry, on Enzo. <laughs> tell me, you write blogs, so I'm taking you know all about Enzo. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Never heard of him for the World Cup. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. What about the World Cup performances? What did you get from him? What type of profile of midfielder would you say he is? Um, off you know the World Cup and you know the, the few comps they've been floating about. Um, you can see he's got uh good technique, um, diagonals, that kind of thing. Uh, longer range passing. Uh, looks like he's got a good strike on him as well, but. Further than that, I know next to nothing about him. Never okay. watched him for Benfica. Um, barely watched. I honestly didn't even notice him for Argentina. Um, she didn't notice him. Hilarious. 120 million all in. Do we need him? Um, I think we need some reinforcement. But that doesn't mean we necessarily need him. Um, and I think because because I've sort of not not been invested. Um, yeah. This is the same way as some of our fans have. Like I, I was looking at the the, the news coming in. Um, didn't care if we signed him. Didn't really care if we didn't. The Teflon, you're the Teflon. Yeah, it didn't, did, yeah, it was like if we get him, okay, I watch him. Um, yeah. I watch him when he comes. But if we don't, then I'm sure. Listen, we'll move on to the next. What I've learned from after Werner, I celebrated us getting Werner so much, and I didn't even like him that much. But it's because Liverpool were chasing him. So I was like, yes, in your face to the Liverpool fans. But really, truly, it was in my face because we all know what happened. It was in my face. And so with the Enzo thing, it's like a lot of people wanted him. I know Liverpool fans wanted him and stuff like that. And so that started rising up in me. It was like, I can't wait to say in your face to people. Then I had to check myself. I had to G-check myself. I was like, no, i got to learn from Werner. i got to learn. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not just... Is this, is this Midrick thing getting you going as well? Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? But here's the thing with Enzo. So, uh, do you know what's so funny? Like. Uh, obviously, I've got an app called Underrated. Listen, don't download it now because we're doing a big update. It's going to be amazing. The new update is going to be amazing. For next season, definitely get. If you want to check it out now, you can. because It's still good. But through that, I, I know about players. So I knew about Enzo before he went at River. But I thought it was an attacking midfielder because I was researching players upon the app, looking at him. What you start seeing is all this attacking stuff, through balls, long shots, 
you know what I'm saying? The agility that you expect from Argentine Argentine players goes to Benfica, and I okay, cool. I get to see this guy in Europe. He is slapping it up. And listen, I'm not watching the games like Jay. I'm not gonna lie. Everybody pretend they know these players. I I don't really know. I don't really watch them games, right? And but I would get highlights, slap like he would. Every other week, he was slapping a goal in from, from range. It wasn't... Do you know what I'm saying? He scored, a, I think, a, a couple of goals at the World Cup. But for Benfica, he was scoring goals. And so in my head, this is an attacking midfielder. So when I started seeing him playing defence midfielder, I was like, what? Um, and again, I didn't watch him in the World Cup. I, I agree with Jerry. Um, I didn't really notice him too much. Obviously, he was the he won like the best young player at the World Cup. Was the, I did see him. But I'm just saying he didn't kind of... I just, you know, I'm with Jerry in terms of I don't think he was like, oh my God, this is amazing talent for me. I know other people was. I, he did do some good things. But after watching a highlight comp, and let me, I like to tell the truth. Again, I haven't watched many form, I haven't watched any full matches in, in Portugal or whatever. After watching a highlight comp, what I saw was he is very combative, very, very combative, like loves to tackle. A lot of that Kante stuff seems to be in him. So I, that's why I asked you, Jermaine, about the profile, because, again, I just have a contact. There's so much things going on in the World Cup. You can't concentrate too much. I didn't anyway. Um, but it does seem that he's got that combative style, um, style that uh, Kante's got, but just with good attacking quality as well. But that's interesting about Enzo. I thought we would cover that. Let's go back to the game. We play Man City. Everybody was dreading it. Don't lie. Jermaine said that he was expecting... Sorry, Jerry said that he was expecting us to play well. He's a liar. But I'm joking. (laughs) I'm joking. But come to the game, we start playing well, right, Jay? First half, we play well, right? Yeah, I think so. And um, I think Pep tried something different maybe with his, like, maybe his instructions with, with the players and that. I think they kept on talking about how Rodri was like not in the, the right position at times or whatever. But, <coughs> um, sorry. But yeah, I think um, Chelsea, like, just generally that like, how confident they looked on the ball. And, and that's what I was mainly looking at because I feel like in the last game that we played, when we did need to do that, it just kind of worked, like it all went kind of out the window. And um, the first half, I just think, um, Zakaria just looks really, really comfortable. And considering that it's against City, I think if there was any game that Zakaria was going to get found out in, it would have been like today. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of people would have been thinking, oh, you know, you've played good in a couple games. Let's see, let's see what you play like today. Yeah. And this has been his best game. Like, it's literally been like probably his yeah. best game. Like. So I think like, I don't know, I think apart from maybe Salzburg, like when he, I think, I think that was the game when he scored. But generally, I think Today he was really good. I think Cover, him and Cover were like just they it didn't look like it was something new. Do you know what I mean? It looked like yeah. you know they just gelled straight away and, and then um and I just think you know ZH looked quite active. Um unfortunately obviously we got the two injuries early, but um I still obviously I still want more from Kai. I feel like, you know, it's just it was a bit it was just I, I just want more from him. I know there's more there, but like um is that yeah. yeah, I think there is, man. I just think like I'll do the hosting, Jerry. Don't don't come <laughs> my guy. I, 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 I do I do think there is, and I I am not gonna go through player for player, like player um each player because I think you know we'll be here all day, but like um just generally I think just the way everybody was playing, they 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 did look like there was a bit more of you know of a chemistry or trying to build like some sort of chemistry. I think on the left as well with um 
with uh, Chuck coming on and and um, linking up with with uh, Cucurella and that mm-hmm. like that looked quite positive at times as well. They were moving it quick, like they were trying to try to do one touch here and there. There was times where they were even getting pressed and they were like just passing out of it. And yeah. that that for me is more where I'm I'm like, all right, that's maybe yeah, yeah. That's the coach. Like that's the coach in there, isn't it? Because it's like. You're, you're going through this, isn't it? Like, that's what you do on the training pitch. You're, you're, you're getting into these scenarios and you're, you're, getting, you're getting your team to play out from these difficult situations and then break yeah. and counter or whatever. Or, 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 I, or, like, just open up the pitch. So I, I was even saying that's the hope. Like, obviously, it's not a good period for Chelsea, but as long as we can see stuff developing. Mm. Um, Jerry, look, here's the thing about whole, the whole Chelsea thing, like, I, I never get tired of watching Chelsea. I know coming back from the World Cup, everyone's saying, oh, I don't want Chelsea again. I think when lose or draw, I just like watching Chelsea. Do you know what I'm saying? But I think um, everything around Chelsea seems so negative. And like, really, truly, I'm a happy guy. My life is going well. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily want something that is negative. Every single time I open a WhatsApp group or go to it's just negative. All these people just campaigning with their different discussions. See, I, <laughs> that's what's, and I'm just like, ugh. I think Jermaine, you're not even on Twitter. Maybe you've got the same thing as me, but I came off it, bro. I came yeah. off it for that reason, bro. Yeah. I think right now, <clears throat> I think sorry, sorry to cut you down, but I just think right now there's just being like people are doing what they want to do in terms of they're seeing what they want to see, they're reading mm. what they want to read, mm. and then they're ignoring things that Actually are clearly they're, they're clearly an issue right now with the squad, but they're ignoring it, and then they're still trying to like lump the negativity on top of it and Everybody I'm just like you know, own little agenda and campaign and I, for me I just I just I like watching Chelsea do you know what I'm saying I don't like all the fluff all of the yeah, same <laughs> but anyway I can't even remember where I was coming from but what I'm saying is um I can't remember where I was going Jerry rescue this this segment um <laughs> so the kids the kids came on um and we'll come back to you Jermaine as well Lewis Hall this is the second time he played against Man City. First time he played back against Man City, he looked like the best player on the pitch. But he wasn't converting. He got a couple of chances. He got a chance again today. He didn't convert. But he is a player. Chooks is a player. Chuck Kameka, Carney is a player. Um, I think Amari, a lot of people are disappointed. And it's interesting about Amari because everyone's like, you got to take on your man, you got to take on your man. Same thing with Hudson Doy. And with Hudson Doy, they blamed it on the injury. But I think what people need to understand when it comes to the, t- the highest level when you're playing youth matches there's a lot of space do you know what i'm saying and even sometimes when you're playing uefa cup matches or even champions league matches and stuff like that there's a lot of space but like uh, so, a lot of times premier league you're not necessarily going to get that space it's not easy and that's why like when people pass back it's just part of the game it's, you're not always going to be bam 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 but i think because they suit see him in youth games just continually blitzing 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 there's space there and I think a lot of people are saying oh actually now Amari needs a loan but when Carney was coming on everyone was like why isn't Amari coming on it seemed like everybody's all in Amari but it's kind of flipped now it's like oh everybody loves Carney Amari needs a loan etc etc Jerry just talk to me about the whole kind of youth kind of thing because some people were saying that he almost had the youth in the pocket on the bench. We've got injuries, but obviously the cynical people in the touchline main chat, they were saying, oh, he's playing the youth players because he's trying to get pressure off of himself, saying, oh, look, I have to play the youth players. But obviously we, we had a decent game. The youth players came on. What did you think about how they performed? I mean, on the youth, uh, one of my favourite seasons was that, that season where we won our second Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think I, I quite enjoy the Europa League for a developing squad because I think when you're you know in a in a rebuild and you're working your way up to to an appropriate level, I think the Europa League is amazing because it allows you to see. It's a pitch uh, for us to to get into the Europa League for next. No, season. no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, it allows you to see like um, these youth players develop um, in a much less uh, stressful environment. They're still playing quality opposition. Um, and it just allows you to get a, a greater sense of where the squad does is. It, does it create um, does it create false hope though? Because when people see players performing in the Europa League, but then they can't see them doing the same things immediately in the Premier League because there's less space, then they start getting onto them. Is it there a worry around that? Not for me, not necessarily. I think listen, uh expectation and hope is 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 part and parcel of the game. Um I think if you look at all the up and coming young players. If you if, if even looking at our own squad, as in Guy Havertz didn't come to Chelsea playing in the Europa League, but there's still that expectation of him to to, to fulfil the potential that we uh, we believe he has. Um, and I think in this uh, to play devil's advocate to to the uh, Murray Hutchinson thing, um, I mean we saw Lewis Hall take on his man um, mm-hmm. on the other side. Um, when there was there different. wasn't there wasn't necessarily space. Yeah. Every everyone's different, and Lewis Hall is like do you know like Kovacic is a small space dribbler. He's not someone that is gonna you know what I'm saying just breathe like push the ball past these men and do you know what I'm saying. So I just feel like you have to understand who the dribblers are. Kovacic isn't someone that is going on the wing and then just you know pushes the ball forward and you know what I'm saying. But in the middle he can do that. So he can do those kind of like small like though you know what I'm saying. They're different type of dribblers. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's fair. And you know, I, I didn't watch that Hutchinson performance and think, oh, he needs to be sent out alone. I think um, he's come into, I think this is what his second or third appearance. Whereas uh, Lewis Hall has had um, this is first his first appearance. Yeah, bro. Oh wow. Okay. Well, this is exactly this is his yeah. first appearance. Whereas yeah. Lewis Hall has had, um, I think, five or six. Um, games for the Chelsea team. So you could see that difference in confidence. Um, he was still very, like, Hudson was still very tidy on the ball. Um, that's what I was going to say as well. Like, that's, yeah. that, it's, a, it's clear as day. Like, it's, it's so clear that he didn't want to make no unnecessary mistakes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that? I mean, it's fair enough. You're playing against Man City, the, the current Premier League champions. Um, and, you know, you, it's, a, it's a big day for him. Um, so, I mean, I'm not necessarily... Uh, expecting him to take three men on and and put in the top corner, but um, I just thought with with when the injuries, you know, started happening. Obviously, first Sterling, um, I was kind of surprised to see um, Chicken Mac warming up, and then I was like, hold on, who who else is there? Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, especially going into the next game and into the weeks beyond. First of all, how bad those injuries are to Sterling and um, Pisic, and how much overall. Um, that will play in in these boys' development because often it's um, it's situations like these um, where that gives these young players the opportunity um, to show what they can do um, with the first team and in Premier League games. So I think for me, I'm um, I'm just kind of sitting sitting back in and I want to see how they do um, in in terms of the, the, the youth that we have currently. Um, I think. This crop um, 
they look good. They look good. Um, I've been impressed. I was impressed with um, Chukameka. Um, I've, I, the first game Lewis Hall played, I remember actually. Um, I've been impressed with him since then. Um, so we'll, we'll see what Potter does going forward. But he doesn't seem to um, mind. Yeah, he doesn't seem to mind throwing them on. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah, hey. like for, for, for me, I think with the youth, like, it's interesting because like we just spoke about Enzo. He's played like how many games for Benfica? 15, 16. How many games he played for River? I think he was um, there for like the, he's been there for you finished. I think he's so I mean he's, he's got like less than hundred. <coughs> he's got like less than 60, 70 yeah. So so it's interesting because everybody's doing madness. Like 120 mil, just spend it. 120 mil for Vardio, just spend it. These times I'm watching Colwell, who I who I said should be starting for us this season, by the way. But Colwell <laughs> is out in Brighton. He's over there in Brighton playing better than like what two, three of our centre backs or left centre backs that have played this season. And that's that's not a slight on, on our centre backs. I think they can play better. But um it just goes to show like people don't want to give people the platform. They want to give certain players the platform. But when you give them the platform, like it's okay to rate a player at 120 mil that's played one full season in the Croatian league and one full season in Bundesliga, and all of a sudden that defender is worth 120 mil. But Colwell plays a whole season in the championship. He's about to get maybe 20, 30 games in Premier League. But you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that develop. You don't want to see that you might have a 100 million power player yourself. Like Hall is the same thing. Like you give Hall the platform this season. He plays 10, 15 games with Chelsea this season. All of a sudden, like you might be looking at a player that you're, you're out there already looking in the market for. And, and for me this season, I think the expectations have changed because like... Yeah, cool. We're still mathematically there for top four. <clears throat> We're still mathematically there for top four. Cool, whatever. Do what you can to, to salvage that. And if and if you remain there, then I don't know. It's up to you whether you want to play the more experienced players or not. But my big issue is with that is that it's not about ability anymore. It's about hunger. It's about the like, desire to play. Like, like we're talking about ZH maybe moving or maybe not moving. Pulisic, maybe, like, maybe he wants to move. Maybe he doesn't. Hall don't want to go anywhere, bro. Hall wants to play for Chelsea right now. Mm. And, and he's come on three, four games and showed that he's got quality. So, so now that we've, we've clarified that he's got the quality and we, we know already that he's a Chelsea boy coming from the academy, for me, there's no excuses. So that, that, and, and the season, the way the season's panning out, it just gives them that opportunity to actually play. There'll still be pressure, but will there be as much pressure as coming in on, like, if we're second... Like three points off top, I don't think so. And so like, sorry, go cook, go finish your point, and I'll come in, Jay. Yes, and so like with not so much Hutchinson because I do think Hutchinson is more of a next season thing, but um, with with I think with um, Carney, he's cut, he come on earlier in the season against Wolves. I think Potter really likes him. Like coming against Wolves, he oh. coming against Brentford to change the game when we were like I think when it, when we was losing or when it was one one. I can't remember. But like he come on and, and he literally looked at him as if to say, I need you to come on and change this game. And for me, they're, they're big, big, like, um, they're big indications as to what Potter, how Potter feels about some of these youth players. And I, I kind of want to see him go further with that because yeah. I don't want to do the whole 120 million pound thing again and all of that because we're, we're just making mistakes over and over again. Isn't it? So you. I'd rather just see him. Hey, listen, Carney, Carney, so I've known about Carney for a minute. 
I think even before he was playing for Villa because he wasn't going to sign. Like they knew he, they had one of the best young players, English. He was he's known as the best English talent in his generation, full stop. Period, and he has been known this even before they won the, the whatever youth World Cup or whatever. But he looks it. <laughs> yeah, but but he was like Aston Villa. They couldn't get him to sign. They even tried to bring his brother. They bought his brother from some random lower league team to try to convince him to sign, but he wasn't going to sign. Um, and then Gerard started to play him in games as well. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because he played well for Aston Villa. He like he he's been ready even when he played for Aston Villa. He was cooking. He was cooking. Like I know everyone was talking about Jacob Ramsey, but you could see like it doesn't really phase him. But both I think with Lewis Hall and Carney, what I like about them is that. The game seems to come easy to them. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes it could just be a youthful thing because sometimes you see it with youthful players when there's not much on their minds. I remember when Rashford first came through and then everything was easy, but you're always going to get challenged. And, and it's important for Chelsea fans to stick with these players because not everything's going to be just a rising upward limb. Sometimes there's going to be some sort of challenges that they have to kind of deal with. And it might mean that form takes a dip they get an injury or whatever whatever they're playing multiple different um, positions but currently we're in this phase where both of them like it feels like it's it doesn't phase them it doesn't matter if you it's man city doesn't matter Do you know what i'm saying that was manchester city seem people say they're the best team in the world didn't phase them at all um and a lot of people saying why didn't amari come on and carney came on you you saw why you you literally saw why and and Carney fashioned a couple of, like that chance that he fashioned where you said that Amari, no one's expecting him to come on and take a couple of players on and, and put it at top corner. He literally took a, a couple of players on and then put it almost bottom corner, but then hit the post. I think he's ready. I think Lewis Hall's ready. Uh, uh, Conor Gallagher came on and gave energy. I know obviously not everybody likes him, but I think it was a, a good performance. And I think that, I think... The fact that we competed for at least some of the match, and I think the fact that a lot of young players came on and showed the future, I think that's what Chelsea, I think sometimes you just need something to hope on. Um, and so obviously we had so many injuries too, and we still a lot of people are asking what's our medical team doing? The injuries are racking up. But I think for me, I'm not <laughs> look, I'm not, I don't have any hopes of us winning the league this season, even top four, I'm not sure about, but that's kind of why I'm in Jay's corner in, in terms of, all right, show me what we're building towards for next season. Do you know what I'm saying? And don't continue playing these players that don't want to be here. Um, cool. We don't even have to speak much longer. I don't know, J Jay or Jerry, any more points before we wrap up? Uh, yeah. Just no, a couple more days and, and we go again. Yeah, I would have just said like, yeah. in terms of the Potter thing, I think, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see like how he lets the season play out because um, he's got to make a decision, I think, in terms of, like, with the board, obviously, they've got to kind of come to the, some sort of kind of conclusion as to where they kind of see themselves finish and what's acceptable. And I feel like that needs to be clarified sooner rather than later so that he has a clearer picture of what he can and kind of not can and can't do because he's the manager, he can do kind of like pretty much what he likes. But I think in, in the back of a manager's head, you kind of have these things where you're like, mm, is this acceptable? Because we're still we're still in and around this position or we're still here. Whereas yeah. like, whereas like if they say, you know what, next season is the season we're really gonna push on. Um 
regardless of not regardless of where you finish, but you know, as long as you finish in, in you know somewhere between like, this is gonna sound so wild, but <laughs> as long as you finish in between somewhere like six and I don't know, six and nine, for example, yeah. As long as he finishes in between there or whatever. Between where? Six no, and where? What did you say? Six and ninth. Six and ninth. And ninth. Yeah, okay. I'll be honest, we've got, bro. We have like, a, we've, we've got a pot tile. <laughs> we got a pot tile. Continue. Nah. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I, I just think um, in, in between that, due to everything that's gone on, due to the kind of season it's been, I just think he needs something to, so that he can kind of just map out exactly what he wants to do with the squad. And I think he is going to stick mostly with the senior players. Mm. But if it but if it is a thing where he can, you know, he can give Kanye a run of games, he can give Hall a run of games, then I think that bodes well for next season because then yeah. they're, they're, they're even more ready. Do you understand? Whereas if you, yeah. if you kind of, you, you feel like you can't do that, then you kind of wasted this season because the, the experienced players might get you six in between six and nine anyway. Yeah. To get what I mean. So I get, I get, I get, yeah, I get. We can find meaning within this season if we develop some of the young players. That's what you're saying, right? Basically, basically yeah, basically. For yeah. me anyway. All right. Okay. That's been a Chessie 30 minutes, maybe Chessie 45. I haven't kept count. Um, let's have some more positivity on the timeline. Everything can't just be about your agendas, please. No one cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to end. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jermaine. We'll see you next week as well. No worries. Sports Social Podcast Network.